Hello, my friend. I'm Avika Paras, host of The Decisive Life and founder of Ethics for Working Life. And I'm honored to be your decision coach today to help you become a better person by making better decisions every day. I believe that we arrive at crossroads, we face dilemmas, we get at decision moments for a reason, and it is up to us to face them with serenity and courage and most of all, gratitude. Hello everyone, welcome back. I am Abik Kaparas. I'm a former academician. I retired after 28 years of service and my rank was associate professor. And now I am enjoying myself doing online education. And in my past life, I graduated summa cum laude from the University of the East. I landed in the top 20 in the board exam of the certified public accountant. I became very well known on my research on work-life balance, on my lectures on managing people and ethics in management. And now shifting to online education, sometimes I forget these achievements and I get to be really concerned that I have limited skills on online marketing, on online entrepreneurship, that sometimes I forget that I could surpass these limitations as I have done before. And sometimes they are also called limiting beliefs that really I cannot succeed now. I cannot succeed in this online world. So if I feel this, I know that there are also many people out there who could be bogged down by seeming limitations overwhelming limitations. And more recently, to have all of this fake news, it can be very unkind. That doesn't need education. Why, why would I be aiming so high in my life? So sometimes we can get into that feeling that I don't need to aim so high in life right now. And I know that sometimes if I feel this, there could be many other people who could be feeling this. So I have created this summa cum laude talks so that I could have a conversation with fellow summa cum laude graduates. Some of them recently graduated, or later on we can have people from different ages. And the common thing is that they have surpassed their limitations. They have really achieved so much at the university level, and that somehow could give them the habit that they will need to succeed better when they go into the workplace. And I'm very happy that today I have my first guest, Justin John Serdancilio, who graduated from Syracuse University in New York State. He graduated with a degree of aerospace engineering, summa cum laude. So I'm very happy that he is able to come. Now I think this is 9 p.m. in Manila and it could be 9 a.m. in New York. So let's see if we can get him here. Good morning, Justin. How are you? I'm all good here in New York State, and it's a sunny day outside. Here earlier, it was raining, so I was quite afraid that aside from the electric fan, I might get the sound of the rain. So let us go to the first question, if you're ready. Justin, why did you ever think of going to Syracuse University? You can just go in any place. You can just be here in the country. Why did you ever aim to be in Syracuse? Okay, so to be honest, Doc, my main plan was to study in the Philippines. And I've actually applied to different universities in the Philippines, such as UP, Ateneo, La Salle. And I was accepted to those universities I applied to. But there was a side plan with me and my parents where 
I was going to go to university in the United States. Because although these universities in the Philippines are prestigious and they are good, none of these universities actually offer aerospace engineering, which is a major that I really wanted to do. Which is why I looked up into different universities abroad. And Syracuse was actually one of the universities there. And thankfully, I was able to be accepted into it. And that's where I am right now. Okay, so I got into some ranking. And really, Syracuse is really well known when it comes to aerospace and aeronautical engineering. Did you say you also applied in other U.S. universities? Yes, I did. But not to a lot, actually. Yeah. And why, in the end, Syracuse, you really, really aim for that. You really envision yourself right after graduating from high school. You really envision you're going to land in Syracuse campus. Um, yes, more or less, because as much as possible, I wanted to study in the New York State area. Okay, that's great. And why did you choose aerospace engineering? Like I just read that it's as difficult as mechanical engineering, is it? Aerospace engineering, like any other engineering field, is mostly focused on math and science, which is something that I've been interested to since I was a young age. Why I eventually chose aerospace engineering is because I was also interested not just on the math and science field, but also in the concept of flying and going to outer space and exploring. And because of that, I think for myself, mechanical engineering and other engineering fields aren't enough. And I wanted to focus on as well through the research of fluid flow and just like fluid dynamics, which you can't really find in other engineering fields. What made you really want to go to outer space? I think it's more of our world isn't just the Earth, you know? We have a vast amount of space that we still have to see and discover. The thing is, like, every single thing that we will see is magnificent. It's beautiful. It awakens our curiosity and it makes us to want more. Aside from that, the concept of space itself and trying to achieve and go more has always been like a human achievement. It's not an achievement of just a single person, but just like going to the moon before, even if that was done by Americans, I think every single person felt that and they felt proud of having that achievement. And I want to contribute and use my skills to be part of that group that makes those dreams attainable. So did you ever dream that you will also land on the moon? I don't necessarily have to be in outer space, but I would want to be part of the team that works to get there. Very good. And aside from landing in Syracuse and getting into aerospace engineering with summa cum laude honors, could you give us some tips when it comes to getting that highest honors? Okay, so for me, I try to keep my method simple. And I think with simplicity comes that you can focus on your tasks better. But the main tips I have is first, I always try to pray as much as possible. Because I know that I'm far away from home and doing a hard major and also with goals that are like pretty hard to attain. So I really start with prayer because I don't think I can do it myself. 
I think I have to get strength from God and to also give back and show my gratitude. So aside from prayer, I also think it's necessary that you always try to schedule your tasks. I use multiple calendars and I use multiple checklists so that I can make sure that all my tasks are being done on time and that I'm doing it really well. And aside from scheduling and praying, I think the last one would be to find balance. I think finding balance is important because when people try to be overachievers, they tend to overwork and overwork isn't good. I think it's important to remember that rest is also productive and that working too much will eventually lead to poor performance. And it's important to keep your mind away from work sometimes so that you could try to focus on just doing your hobbies. And also, that's a good motivation for you to keep going more forward and just, you know, like building endurance, but in a work setting. It's really like my favorite topic in terms of balancing, right? You have time to study, you have time to pray, you have time to do sports, physical exercise. But if you have some young people here still studying, could you give us an idea of how your day schedule is? Like how many hours do you attend in school and then how many hours do you study personally? Okay. So just let me think about it for a second. I think I'll look back into last year's schedule. Around that time, I used to wake up around 5.30 a.m. And then for that time, I tried to prepare myself, tried to get a drink and a quick meal before I head out to go to the gym that I like doing so that I can start my day right and so that I feel energized. And I feel like because I've done the gym in the morning, that means I can do pretty much anything in the afternoon. So I work out for around one hour to one and a half hours in the gym. After that, I go home and get ready. And I have class for around six hours. And since my schedule is pretty random between the week and there's also gaps between my classes, I try to, as much as possible, do homework during those times and then i get home around six or so and i use that time to prepare for the next day which means i could be preparing meals or i could be preparing for work or i could be like preparing uh, my clothes and just my my stuff because my day varies from day to day so within the week how many hours of personal study like on an average do you do really depends on yeah. the number of subjects, right? Yep. I use a tracking app called Forest. Forest. And I think I was... Cons- uh, is that the, yep. like the typical Forest? F-O-R-E-S-T? I mean, just yes. for students? Yes. Okay. In Forest, you can track the number of hours that you do for studying, for working out, and for pretty much anything that you put in there. And the thing is, like, for every work that you do, you build a tree, which motivates you to build a forest, which is where the app title comes from. I can remember that I go around 20 to 30 hours of study. Per week? Yep, per week. It's cool because it's like um, for every session you have builds a tree or a plant. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, the longer your session is, the bigger your plant is or your tree is. 
So at the end of the week or at the end of the month or at the end of the day, you can see how many plants you have and like the different sizes of plants that, that you have. Wow. Yeah. So you could pretty much like assess as well. And it's a positive reinforcement for you to do more. Because aside from that, I think you also get coins when you work. And after a certain amount of coins, you can use those coins to actually donate a physical tree oh. that the company for all of the app will do for you. And then do you still have time for social media? Like, does it show in some form of a shrub? <laughs> I don't know. what. How does it represent? Or do you really have time for Facebook, for Instagram, for other things? I still do have time for social media. And to be honest, like most Filipinos, I get, you know, like engaged in social media for a long amount of time but as much as possible i try to uh, track my social media time through app limits or through screen time in my iphone and of course like i try to put limits on it so i don't spend too much time on it and as much as possible i try to uh, lessen the number of hours or minutes that i spend on it okay but that's really something interesting, the forest. I might try that. Somehow it's motivating that you have grown a forest with your work. Okay. And what are the other apps that you use? You mentioned several calendars. Isn't that confusing to have several calendars? Like in one of my talks, somebody said that he started putting all the calendars together because he missed a school activity because he has a calendar for the family, a calendar for the office. So how does it work having multiple calendars for you? Like, don't you miss anything in other calendars? I don't miss anything from my calendars. So my main calendar that I use right now is Google Calendar. So that has all of my tasks, all of my events, all of my homework, schoolwork. And that also has tasks that I have to do. So I have an overall calendar through Google Calendar. But I also have a calendar that I use for school purposes, which has my homework as well. So homework and then my class schedule. And the reason why I use multiple calendars is that, and why it's not confusing for me, is that I can actually integrate my work calendar, which is from another app, but like I can export that calendar and sync it to my Google calendar mm -hmm. so that everything that I change through my work calendar yeah will reflect in my main calendar, which has other events. That's the one that I'm mainly looking at during the day. Yes, one unified calendar yes. where you integrate yep. everything. Yep. And did your strategies change throughout those four years? Was there any change in strategy and study techniques as you try to monitor your progress? Like if you're aiming to be summa cum laude, was there some greater speed? How did you develop? those strategies. Could you tell us some instances when you change your strategy, you modify, if you knew that you were like not going to reach that target or you had to like rest a little because you know I'm going to reach my target? I'm not sure if this is a common experience for all, like for other people, but actually my lowest grade was from my first semester of school and college. And from that semester, I saw that I was able to get high marks, but at the same time, I felt that I didn't think I put in enough, which means that I can do more and I think that I can achieve more. And 
through the years, of course, my workload got more and more. And as my responsibilities got more and more, I think I had to like change my strategies a bit. And I also had to like change my study methods. So before, I actually used to take all of my notes just in paper which is a common thing to do. But afterwards, I decided that I think it's best that I have all of my notes online, which is why I invested in a touchscreen laptop or basically something that you could use for like online notes so that in my latter semesters, I can always try to look back in my previous notes and that I don't have to have the physical copy for it, which of course will take space and which will take time as well to go through. I also made sure that because it's common in engineering exams that even if you understand the topic, you might not have enough time to do it just because the topic is hard and there's a lot of questions to answer. So I actually switched my priority from just understanding, but also trying to work fast. And by trying to work fast, of course, my study strategies change which meant that I really had to practice more and had to do practice exams and I had to time myself. So I think those are the main ones that really helped me get to where I am right now. Very good. You mentioned something like first semester that you think that the grades are low. Did you aim to be summa cum laude from first year, first semester? No. My first semester was 3.74. And... That semester, I actually wasn't here in Syracuse yet. I did a special summer abroad program. I was in Madrid that time. Being in another country, of course, you're more inclined to focus on, you know, like having fun and traveling rather than academics, which is what happened to me. And after receiving my grades, it wasn't that I was like not satisfied with it, but it was more of that I think I saw it as an opportunity to to uh, to be better and do better because i think that in high school i wasn't really like one of the top students so i wanted to change that and i wanted to achieve something that i haven't gotten before and i was like by just setting goals to get scores as as high as possible and it wasn't really about the scores that i focused on it was more of like the understanding of the topic because I wanted to get something from my degree which is just the knowledge that you get from your various classes and I think it's more of like the grades were just a bonus I think the understanding and the, the knowledge is what I really wanted to get okay and somehow the result is that you got higher grades because you understood I mean yep. you had better understanding but you mentioned something like in high school the grades were not that good but when did you realize you could aim better? Like you could surpass your performance in high school. Did you graduate with honors in Philippine science? I actually did graduate with honors. Yep. Like what level? And I got high honors. I wasn't in the top 20 or top 10 of my batch. Okay. And so. when did you decide you will end? I mean, because we're talking about surpassing your limits. When and yep. how did you decide that you will graduate as summa cum laude? I think it was after that first semester. I felt college meant a new leaf, a new life, like a blank slate that I can start with. My past will not define me anymore. If I can do better, then why shouldn't I? So right. that's when it's like, 
I have to put in the work, of course, and I wanted to get everything as much as I can. Okay, I like what you said that the past does not define me because I think that's very crucial when you want to overcome your limitation. And one limitation is what has happened in the past, your track record. But a way to get beyond it is really thinking that is history and I can make my future. I can create my future. Well, the history, the past is like a standard for me. I could achieve that, but I could achieve even better. But then when you were yep. talking about probably you were in Madrid and there's a lot of temptation to just do tourism, right? I've yep. encountered Filipinos when I was studying in the SA Business School, my PhD in Barcelona. It's really tough, but I met some Filipinos who are really spending time and I could give them the excuse that it's not always probably you will go back to your country. So you better take time to be there by yep. the beach, to go to Seville. It's really a huge temptation to yes. focus on doing tourism and parties and really enjoy life rather than focus on the study. So what would be your advice? Okay. What I would say is that Yes, having fun and enjoying is important in life. But at the same time, it's crucial to remember that education is a big investment for your future. Even though the past wouldn't matter that much, the past is still there. And the habits and the knowledge and the wisdom that you've built will be with you for the rest of your lives, which is important in building who you are. Okay, very good. And... To be what you are right now, to become what you are right now, you must have major influencers. Could you tell us the ones who have influenced your life and your philosophy when it comes to studying and achieving? Okay. My top influencers would be my family. Having my family beside me is really important because, again, as I mentioned earlier, I don't think I could have done this just by myself. Without the support, without the financial support from my parents, and without the extra motivations from my sisters, because I wanted to be someone that they could look up to. So I think that's a good motivation for me to work harder. Aside from that, a good influence for me would be my friends. Because here in Syracuse, yes, there's a lot of temptation to just go party and stuff. But from that, I saw that I could try to fight that off by surrounding my friends with with people who have goals and with people, you know, who want to do better and just work harder. And I think my next few uh, answers would not be as common, but I try to practice stoicism, which means that you're facing your hardships and you're facing your life with basically calmness and you're not trying to react to everything that you experience. And lastly, I think what's important for me that changed who I am is basically my, my hardships and my independence. Because starting from a younger age, I've been independent. Well, not really like, just like independent, just myself, but it's like, my parents have taught me to be independent and that I can, you know, even from grade four or grade five, I was doing international competitions without my parents. So it was just me and a couple of guardians. 
And at the same time, starting from grade five, I was already commuting from Das Marinas to Alabang to go to summer training. And I was doing that by myself. And here, going here to college from Madrid to going here to the U.S., I had to figure out a lot of the stuff myself. And of course, it might be scary at first, but I think it's really important because you build confidence in yourself that you can survive and that you can try to face your problems. That's interesting. When you mentioned the family and at the same time being stoic about it, like, was there ever a time that you really miss them? And you can say, no, study first, right? They will still be there. <laughs> Did you ever fear that with the COVID pandemic, you really have to be there with them here locally? Was there ever a time yeah. that you preferred being with your family rather than, of course, I don't know, you had some study from home, right? Could you tell yep. us some instances when you really missed being close to your family and somehow you gotten over that being stoic about those feelings? I would say being stoic doesn't yeah. necessarily mean being cold. And I know that COVID time was actually pretty hard for me and that it was ad advised for us to not stay in the university, which is why luckily I was staying with my aunt in South Carolina that time. Of course, I still wanted to, you know, like be close with my parents and my sisters. And at the same time, that time, there were a lot of students who were taking gap years so they could be home. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about that. And from there, I was thinking that if I took my classes in the Philippines, I think I would have a much harder time just because of the time difference. Because I still wanted to pursue my education and I wanted to finish on time still, not only because of, you know, just because of the culture of like finishing on time, but at the same time, there were also some financial aspects to it because, right. because I was enrolled in the university and I wanted to finish my degree on time. So from those thoughts, I was still lucky that I was still surrounded by family. And I think I just remedied that by making sure that I communicate with them often. You know, it's lucky that we're living here in this century where like if you miss somebody, you can just easily text them and easily call them. And now sometimes calling and texting isn't the only things that you could do online. Sometimes you can even play games with them. Oh, play games yeah. with my sisters and have fun. Which of course is a good bonding activity. Sometimes I played uh, chess with them. I've also played Tetris. And just, you know, like sharing videos as well. It's always fun. So that's really tough because of the 12-hour difference. Somebody has to lose sleep. For me, it's like, I'm not really losing sleep. I'm more of like spending time. Okay. So it's good. Yeah. Very good. I like the way that you qualify. Like when you say being stoic is not being cold or it's really trying to examine your perspective and not giving yourself excuse, but at the same time, it's not even justifying. Really just trying to know yep. what you're doing. I like that, and I yep. think that could be very helpful for our young audience. And then, for my next question, being alone there, did you ever get into some mischievous idea that, wow, I'm free? And how did you overcome that? I mean, you're free to um, do whatever you like, your parents are not there, and how did you overcome that 
somehow unbridled freedom, feeling only of unbridled freedom, being there alone. I think it's more of that um, when you're free, that that doesn't necessarily mean that you can do all of the all of the mischief that you can do. Mm-hmm. Freedom just means that you can do what you want to do. And I think with that, I use that freedom to do more stuff that I wanted to do, which was more active stuff, more sports, more working out, and just hanging out with friends. And of course, like at the back of my head, there's always this thought that I think your conscious will always be there to guide you and reason with you to show you that there's always a limit to things. Too much of one thing will eventually be a bad thing. It seems that in terms of moral formation, you really got it really well from your family. But somehow you can think that some young people might not have that. How can they overcome that if they don't get that moral formation from the family? I think if they don't, just make sure to remember that your actions will have consequences. Because like even, you know, with the concept of alcohol, yes, alcohol is legal at 21. And yes, you can drink and you could party and stuff. But at the same time, after you drink, you will feel bad. And of course, you will lose focus as well. And sometimes like there will always be some things where like it will have a domino effect and it can affect more stuff than you think it will. Just the hangover alone, the following day when you're supposed to be studying, somehow some schedules will be pushed back because of that. That's right. Actions have consequences. And you mentioned also friends. I think it's very important in terms of surpassing your limitations is really choosing the ones you have to be with, right? The ones that can pull you up. So how did you choose your friends? To be honest, like in life, sometimes you don't also get to choose who your friends are. But at the same time, I think my mindset is you get to choose what your actions are. Mm -hmm. And most of my friends are engineers. And at the same time, not all engineers will have the same mindset as I have with working. But that doesn't mean that I should just let them be who they are. I can also try to push them harder, you know, so they can work together. So at the same time, while I'm helping them, And as they improve, they're also helping me. So it's always like a give and take. I don't think that you should be passive with the stuff around you. You could be active as well and just be the change that you need. Okay. That's important that you have to be the change that you need or the change that also others need. So do you feel that responsibility to set a good example to young people? Do you have some plans on being more visible because... Other people need good examples. I would say that I'm really thankful for you, Doc, for giving me this opportunity to be in your live stream. Being in a live stream such as this, I think it's a really good opportunity for other people to see as well. And so that they could learn something and, you know, like hopefully I inspire them to be better and achieve their goals. I'm sure you can really be an inspiration because there's so many temptations, especially for the young people also. Sometimes the lack of, again, moral formation in the family can really affect their upbringing. And I hope that they can see you as an example that really it's possible to surpass one's limitation. But when you work, do you always think that that responsibility for other people? How do you balance, like, thinking of yourself and thinking of the others? Living your own life 
at the same time being responsible that others can be looking up to you. Okay. Yes, I have to admit that there is a pressure, an internal pressure, and sometimes that pressure can be harmful if you think about others too much and not about yes. yourself. Yes. But I think for me, it's also necessary to think that you could only do so much and others' improvement is almost like 50-50. It's like 50% of that can come from me motivating them to do harder. But at the same time, it's also up to their responsibility to actually put in the work. Here in Syracuse, I actually also work as a tutor facilitator. And I can see that my students are trying to work hard. But of course, there's also some students who like, after like all of my help, will not really use it. But at the same time, it's important that you should not put all of the weight on your shoulders because you're living your own life and you're not trying to live and bring up everyone's life. Right. Yes, you right. could only do so much to help as well. And it's still important that you help and do your best. But make sure that every time you bring yourself down because you didn't think that you uh, help someone enough, every time you bring yourself down like that will negatively affect yourself and will also negatively affect how you help others in the future. Right. But with that, I think that's also a way to include them in your prayers. As you said, your yep. earlier, your tip is really to pray. And I think it's good also to, to pray for those people that you're helping, the ones that are your yep. duties. Is that a volunteer work in Syracuse that you are able to be a tutor? There were some that was volunteered, but the one that I'm mainly doing is a paid position. Very good. So I think really, in whatever way, it's really helpful because studies can be really challenging now. I mean, in my time, there was no Facebook. Sometimes you can say to be a summa cum laude then is much easier than now with all of these temptations. But having a tutor also to motivate, to inspire, to guide you can really be a big help. So... I also congratulate you for that, for taking that paid work, that volunteer work also. And then somebody asked me, can you ask Justin about vulnerabilities? Because having achieved so much, do you feel you have any weakness at all? To be honest, of course, with uh, achieving the stuff that I have right now, it's also easy to think that this is the best part of your life and that everything else can go downhill. So there's always a pressure of that you won't be as good anymore. At the same time, I actually struggle with, with like self-doubt, you know, like imposter syndrome sometimes. But then, of course, like I always try to work around these things and I always try to address them properly. And aside from that, everyone, including myself, has emotions and even emotions, even if like in the end, I do overcome them and I get around with them. During that period of time will always be something that's hard to manage. Right, I can imagine. And then have you experienced there in New York a sort of discrimination for being a Filipino, for being an Asian? To be honest, I have experienced one. There was this one time where I was in a grocery with friends and this was during COVID season. And we had masks on and we were trying to distance from other people. Mm -hmm. But there was this elderly lady that was an American 
and um, she just went behind us and then she was just like mockingly trying to like cough you could see that she was trying to like imply that the virus was from Asians because there was a lot of Asian hate during COVID season. And I think yeah. it still an, is an issue right now, Asian hate. We have to always pray, right? <laughs> you yep. never know what can happen with that hatred. So I'll pray for you also. And for many other Thank Filipinos, you. I myself have experienced that in Barcelona, in many places. We just have to pray for these people. Lastly, what could be your top three values, top three lessons, top values that you have for life? I think for that, aside from prayer, I think the top three that I try to put and use in my life would be first is honesty. I think it's really important. Mm -hmm. And the second one is patience. Because, of course, the work that you put in won't always like reflect immediately. And you just have to be patient. And the last one is building relationships with other people. Because, again, it's important that um, you have someone to rely on during your hard times. And, of course, like even as humans, we're not meant to live this life just by ourselves. Getting that extra help from other people is really important so you can get to where you want to be. That's good. And right now, you are in the mode of applying for work? I actually just confirmed going to grad school in the University of Minnesota. Generally, it's in the field of aerodynamics and engineering mechanics, but I am working with a professor that I've worked with here in Syracuse, mm -hmm. and she focuses on fluid dynamics and uh, fluids. Wow, good luck. Is that a PhD eventually? A PhD degree? This is a master's right now, but uh, wow, okay. my advisor has been pushing me to do a PhD, so there's that. Okay, good luck. And thank you very much, Justin, for this time. And I'm sure that you will be able to motivate many young people, even mature ones and adults, to always aim to surpass oneself. I hope you have a great Sunday, Justin. Okay, my friend, I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Decisive Life. If you liked it, take a screenshot of this podcast, share it, and the link to this episode to three of your friends today. Post it in social media and use the hashtag TheDecisiveLife. Until the next episode, my friend, be good.